Blaine, and with me, as always, is my very good friend, Matthew. What's up again, Internet? So how's it going, Matthew? How have you been? Pretty good. Pretty standard. A little bit hungover for the podcast, because that's what we do. This is this is a tradition now. Did the second screening of the movie within the past 24 hours, because that's what I do, and uh, doing pretty well. Wait, really? Did you only watch it, like, yesterday? I watched it on Friday evening. That's amazing. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. I, got I love the uh, doing your homework at the last second. <laughs> only you could turn something that I enjoy into work. I'm like, oh, I gotta watch this movie. This is the worst. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, today we are talking about the movie Zootopia. Matthew loved it, as you can tell. Yeah, that's how it's going to be be a lot of sighing, and I'm sorry that I'm wasting everyone's bandwidth, because you will be downloading my sighing a lot. (laughs) I like the idea of this episode of the podcast just being a long, drawn-out sigh. (sighs) I guess we got to talk about that. All right. So Zootopia obviously came out in 2016. New movie. It had three directors in this part. That's kind of weird to me. It had Byron Howard, Rich Moore, and the co-director of Jared Bush. None of those names sound familiar to me. Uh, I looked up Brian Howard, and uh, you're going to hear the trope Big-Eyed Orphan Animal Adventure a lot for me. And he was director of many Big-Eyed Orphan Animal Adventures. And uh, the reason there were three directors is because you needed one to direct the big-eye portion, and one to direct the uh, orphan animal, who isn't an orphan, but fundamentally is. And then you needed one to direct the adventure part, because you needed everything baity. And it's just too much bait for one director. Apparently. Also, the three directors are also three of the contributing writers. I'm I'm looking up the writers, and those three are in here, with a a collection of other people. Sure. Jared Bush is in here twice, actually. He did the story, but he also wrote the screenplay. That's interesting. IMDb, um, I know why IMDb does it. I feel like they almost give too much information now, and it's a bit muddling for the waters, because you'll be you'll be reading and be like, I just want to know who directed it, who starred in it, and like, I know they do things like, you know, producers, and that's somebody's son, and that's cool, but you know, yeah, like, they'll, they'll give credit to everybody for anything they do on the movie, which is like, I just need to know who directed this now. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> So speaking of uh, starring, OPB, you? Way to uh, way to do this real time. We're gonna keep this. No, you, we're not. no yo, you keep this. <laughs> now we're not. <laughs> no, we definitely have to. I need to listen to this podcast, and it's just me complaining about you keeping this. <laughs> All right, we'll see. Okay. All right. So starring Jennifer Goodwin, who I am not familiar with, uh, though she did a good job. Jason Bateman, who I love, Arrested yeah. Development, fantastic. Yeah, super great. I, you know. I'm glad that I now am aware of Jason Bateman, yeah. where before I was always like, oh, look, it's Malcolm Reynolds, a.k.a. Nathan Fillion. Wait, what? But yeah, for some reason, I'm like, ah, oh, white people all look the same. Ah, uh, that's true. All white people do look the same. <laughs> they look the same to me. I mean, every time that I would see Jason Bateman credit for anything, I'd always go, him? <laughs> then it's got Idris Elba. Uh, who is tired of your 40-degree days. Best part of this movie. Spoiler alert. Best part of this movie. Proceed. Okay. Tommy Chong was in it. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Yeah, he was, you know. Oh, perfect. Yeah, the, stone, I didn't even, the stoner. I, Llama? What, what was he? He know. was, yeah, the yaks. The yak. <sighs> what a cute name. But, J.K. Simmons. Yeah, oh, yes. Was he leading or was he dragging? Yeah, that was another thing. So stressed out. Loved it. This movie <laughs> should have just been J.K. Simmons the lion freaking out on everybody. It also had Alan Tudyk, yep. who I love. Yes. And I'm just going to stop here with Shakira. Oh, you know how I feel about that. Yeah, super great. However, the only line she speaks in it, she sounded like she was a redneck. I'm Gazelle. Welcome yeah. to Zootopia. It was also the... Uh, yeah, she talks about... Yeah. yeah. What did she say? She's like, uh... This isn't the Zootopia I know. Something, something, something. Yeah. yeah. No true Scotsman. Boom! Boom. 
<laughs> oh, actually, I'm going to mention one more person because I just happened to... John DiMaggio's in this. This is totally a cohesive uh, segment. I don't, I don't edit these things. I don't care. <laughs> oh, I think that he was... John DiMaggio was the, the Fennec Fox. Oh, Bender, right? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, the guy who does Bender. But the drill sergeant in it is someone whose name is Fuchsia. However, here's the best part and the reason why I'm bringing it up. There's an exclamation mark at the end of her name. <sighs> <laughs> you're, you're dead, carrot stick. <laughs> All right. All right, moving on. So, Zootopia is a movie about a young bunny who all she wants to do is be a cop. It starts out with this play presenting, you know, it's supposed to introduce both her character being like outgoing and you know, wanting to do anything, like trying... Yeah, very can-do attitude, yeah, very which, can-do I, attitude. which I appreciate. But it also explains the history of the world where there used to be predators and prey, and then they evolved somehow to no longer be predators and prey. Even though they are, those species still exist, but apparently the... Well, yeah, the, basically the, the predator-prey relationship has... Has been eliminated. Right, exactly. Yes. And they're no longer savages, right. as they describe it later. So they have a play describing that. Which, you know, I, I really enjoyed that. That that, that mechanic I liked. Yeah, because, you know, what, they, what a lazy director could have done was be like text over the screen and be like over 2,000 years, you know, basically kind of a, right, a right. text. I really enjoyed the play mechanic. Yeah, I agree. And... I, I actually very much liked that play, especially because Judy Hopps, our main character, right? She di- she dies in it, quote unquote, dies. Catch up, squirts, yeah, catch up, and I'm just like, this this is gonna be a good movie. My but the person who steals that scene is the sound effect kid, the kid who's like doing like, oh that's right, right? He's playing the piano and he's like. It's it's kind of like our, the improv shows we go to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, he was just he was killing it. And like every time he he would stare directly at the screen. Yeah, and he had this like deadpan, like wide eyed look on his face, like he didn't know what he was doing, but he clearly knew what he was doing. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like you know, kid, kids are nervous when they're doing stuff. That's what yeah. that, that that is definitely a portrayal of what a children's play would be like, which yeah. is why it's so fantastic. Right. So that was perfect. During the play, she is interrupted by a fox named Gideon. Yes. Gideon Gray, I believe. It's Gideon Gray, but I one hundred percent filled it. In as Gideon Graves the entire time, Me and too. then I would just I would be like thinking about Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. <laughs> so Matthew's going to be reviewing Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, that that, that is the movie, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, when the movie changed from animated and Michael Sarah appeared out of nowhere, I was like, well, that's kind of a hard transition, but I really enjoyed it. Yeah, schizophrenia's hard. Yeah. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> Why are you in my house? So she's interrupted by Gideon Gray, a fox who is a country pumpkin. He's clearly like a redneck kid. Right. And he's like, you know, bunnies can't be whatever they want, blah, blah, blah. Like, going back. He's a bully, basically. He's a bully. Yeah. Because, well, because he talks about, he's like, hey, you got to, I'm a predator. And now yeah. I still got it in that my deny. Deny. Yeah, yeah, or whatever. So. Well, that comes, that comes a little bit later. But, Sorry. Uh, it's all good. And she, so she reveals that she wants to be a cop. Yes. During in the play. And that was the part I want to go back on. She wants to be a cop for this city, which they introduced called Zootopia. Which is also part of the play was how great it is that we've evolved and created this city called Zootopia where predators and prey of all kinds can live together. Which is introducing you to the concept of the movie, essentially. There's a city that all these animals live together. It's their kind of Shangri-La. Right, exactly. Right. And so she wants to be a cop, and there's never been a rabbit cop. Right. And so she is then picked on by Gideon Gray. Yes. Who's like, you can't be a cop. Well, or you're just a dumb bunny. I, I, it, there's a more important part, which is, it's not that she's picked on. He steals the tickets from her friends. Yeah. From so the little, sheep. Yeah. Did I right. jump ahead again? It's Yes. That's why they don't let me out of the house. It's just, all good. Just go proceed. So, so yeah, going on to that part now, she is talking with her folks and 
they are apprehensive of her being a cop. I'm you tracking. Know? Yeah, they want her to settle. settle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> happiness is from it comes from settling. Yeah, and just the sadness in her mother's eyes when they're talking in that scene. I'm just like, I feel really bad for the parents. Like they seem like they actually probably care about each other, but they also probably weren't each other's number one choice. It's so funny, like being an adult watching that because like I can understand why a kid would think that's funny because it's like, oh, like what a bunch of goofy parents. But all I think about is like imagining my life that way and it's just such a nightmare (laughs) damn this kids movie for making me think these like existential thoughts yeah so they're trying to convince her not to be a cop and she is just not having any part of it she's doing parkour all over the place which i thought was kind of cool because you know me parkour yes and so she's like hopping around as a bunny might do cute and she sees gideon yep going to pick on some of her friends yes and so she stands up to the bully and this is when he's like i'm i'm a predator it's in my dinner and then his weasel friend's like, I think it's the He's like, don't you tell me what I know. Which yes. is the classic redneck line. Don't you tell me what I know. That's <laughs> so good. It was perfect. I did enjoy that scene. Yeah. And he scratches the shit out of her. He cuts her face with his claws at that point. And and uh, I don't know if this is what the director was after. Sorry, the three directors were after. the the. I don't know if this is what the director Hydra was after, or director Chimera, if you will. But um, that scene was very reminiscent of Apocalypse Now to me. Really? Yeah. I mean, you've seen Apocalypse Now, right? It's been a long time. Yeah, yeah. The Please. second screening. Uh, no, I I watched it about 20 years ago and uh, I'm waiting for the second screening for this podcast but uh, but there's the part where he pulls out the, the punch knife and he cuts Charlie Sheen's cheek and basically he like permanently marks him and that's like I think that goes back to later where it's like only Bonds can kill Bonds but like I don't know if that's what the director Chimera was after but it was very reminiscent of that which I actually enjoyed yeah that's cool because right. yeah, like... it's leaving a permanent mark on your opponent basically. right yeah and I will say this I looked for that scar later and yeah. I don't remember seeing it and I kind of wish that they had add, like kept the scar in like just a couple lines in her for something. For know. sure. No. I, would, I don't remember having seen it, but anyway. Yeah. So she gets the tickets back. Like he scratches the shit out of her face. And while he's doing that, like right when he attacks her, apparently she does like slide and, and grabs the tickets. Yes. And that's kind of like you're supposed to be introduced to her sacrifice. Well, not her sacrifice, but also her ability to be a cop. Okay. Essentially. Sure. And what's up, Internet? I just have to make this joke right now because I know he's going to cut it later, but he better not. But we just had like a five minute we didn't save audacity no we no we didn't do anything you didn't save audacity and so we were waiting for it to auto recover and so now we're back okay but i apologize back to the movie judy judy hops she says he was right about one thing i don't know when to quit and she puts on her hat and then apparently my remembering of the movie was not correct which is not new because i have a terrible memory and i drink a lot then it cuts to a uh, a training scene and the training scene i actually really enjoyed because you know i think he mentioned it before as in the military and it was super funny. So Zootopia has uh, 12 districts or whatever, like the tundra and the sandstorms. And the, and I'll, we'll talk about, I picked up on that immediately and we'll talk about it because that is important and I know why. I, I did enjoy the polar bear instructor. I think there could have been way more swearing and actual hazing. Mm-hmm. Like, sh- well, describe the uh, the training montage. Oh, oh, I'm going to, yeah, okay. for sure. I did enjoy like, you're dead, carrot sticks. Yeah, okay, so yeah, the training montage. So it goes kind of through the, uh, the 12 areas of Zootopia. And so, like, it shows, like, Tundra Town. I don't know why I remember Tundra Town, but that's, like, the one I remember. And so it's, like, frozen ice. She has to hop over a wall, and she, she slips and falls into uh, into the ice. And, you know, you're dead. Uh, rabbit cake. Uh, the rabbit cake's not a thing. 
<laughs> you know what? It is now. Yeah. And so, and then Tundra Town, or well, I talked about Tundra Town, um, the desert, like she has to go, like they have fans blowing sand in her face and things like that. And so the whole point of this montage is one, to give the watcher the information that she's training and she's struggling. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of turns into a M- Mulan, I'll make a man out of you, where she starts and fails at everything and you're dead, rabbit sticks, and then she ends up uh, succeeding. Not every one of those started with rabbit. I, well, okay. <laughs> what, what are the other ones? Because I, I, enjo- I enjoyed them, but obviously not enough to remember them. Yeah, exactly. But I did enjoy that. Like, yeah. you're, you're dead, Twinkle Toes. Oh, like that. okay. Not everything was bunny related? I don't think so. In my mind it Maybe least. it was. Leave or me be. It could have been like, you're dead, Cotton Fluff. Yeah, I like that. Sure. <laughs> that you're, place. You're dead, Lucky Foot. <laughs> Whoa. Yo, we'll oh talk. my God. What if in this world they do have like a black market for, you know, organs? Yeah. They have Lucky Rabbit's feet. She wakes up in a bathtub full of ice and her foot's gone. Oh my God. <laughs> That's the R-rated version of this movie. Holy hell. I like it. Yeah. Okay, so she goes through training. She succeeds. She becomes a cop, and she goes to actual Zootopia. Right. Yes. So the thing that I kind of liked about that scene is, one, it kind of sets up a couple of things. One, her, you know... Her resolve. Yeah, her resolve. Yeah. How much she had to struggle to become a cop. Yes. But also, it sets up an important relationship for later, and that's a relationship between the mayor and assistant mayor Bellwether. Oh, yeah, because when she's graduating, the, the, the mayor, and uh, and the assistant mayor are like this is our first rabbit cop mm-hmm. and she's right. also valedictorian of her class she was like the top ranked officer coming out of the academy right so it was like this huge momentous occasion so of course the mayor's gonna be there and says you're gonna you're gonna get a position of pride essentially okay right you're in city center the primary place that's right. where everyone wants to go apparently I, yeah. I guess and so she's immediately elevated to that level right fair enough and uh, during that scene at the graduation the mayor mayor Lionheart Prideheart it's Lionheart not. sounds right, but I don't remember. So he, that was the voice of J.K. Simmons. Yo, I know the voice of J.K. Simmons. So, oh my God, it was so good. So he's giving a speech and then they have a picture, a photo op with right. uh, Judy Hopps and the mayor. And then Assistant Mayor Bellwether, who's a sheep, maybe a lamb. Is but... it is it the same sheep? So I, when I watched it the second time, the tickets that she recovers is from a sheep. Is no, that's not the same sheep. Okay. Because the, the sheep that she recovered from was, the tickets for was a black sheep. Got Got it. <sighs> it's not it's not the movie's fault that you can't remember colors of characters. <laughs> Although it is, it does say a lot for you that you don't see color, so I, that's good. You're I, not yeah, a racist. I am not a racist. I don't see color. <laughs> what are you doing in my house again? <laughs> it, it is Lionheart. So she graduates and then is setting off on a grand adventure to go to Tokyo. She, the next scene is her in front of this really interesting looking train. It's, she's at the train station with all of her family, which they keep playing on this joke that bunnies like reproduce like bunnies. Yeah, because like, yeah, they're like you, you and you your 269 brothers and sisters. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so they, she, they're they saying goodbye to each other, her parents and her, and then you see in the background there's just a gang of rabbits. And D- Does a bunch of rabbits have a cute name, you know, like a murder of crows? It probably does. I don't know off the top of my head. Where's the, where's the good job bring guys when we need them? Yeah, exactly. I'm going to guess it's just a warren. A Warren of Rabbits. Well, Warren is their home. And Elizabeth, Rab- an Elizabeth Warren of Rabbits? Got it. We're going with that. <laughs> wow, that's a reference <laughs> I don't get, but sure, let's let's go with that one. So she's saying goodbye to her parents, and, you know, it's the kind of a comedic scene where her dad's like, oh, boo-hoo. Like, he's the one who breaks out instead of the mom. Right. Like, and that's kind of funny. Role reversal. Yeah, exactly. And he gives her a bunch of fox repellents because apparently rabbits and foxes have a history of being enemies. Makes sense. And I... 
I guess I don't know. Well, I think that that's kind of harking back to that predator-prey relationship right. that the world has evolved past, but it's still there. Yeah. Which, which by the way, uh, foreshadowing subtle racism. Not even subtle racism. But I do love the fact that he's giving her, like, oh, you don't know, you can't trust those those foxes. And his wife is like, you play poker every week with the fox. And he goes, yeah, and he cheats out his ass, essentially. And he's like... <laughs> I love this character. I love her dad. Her dad is so great. And her, is her dad voiced by anybody famous? Sorry. I, I know you already did the, the no, no, IMDb not. thing. It is Stu Lake. Or no. His name is Stu Hobbs. And it's Don Lake is the voice. And I don't recognize that name. Not Don Lake. But here's a fun fact, though. Bonnie Hunt is the voice of her mother, whose name is Bonnie Hobbs. Wait. Bonnie Hunt? Yeah. Isn't she from Harry Potter? Isn't that Ginny? She might be. No one knows. All right. <laughs> moving on. Yeah. I was like, mm, yeah. Totally. Anyway, so she... Says goodbye to everyone, gives him a hug. She takes one thing of pepper spray, fox repellent, fox repellent, essentially pepper spray from her dad's gift bag. Yeah, and she's off. And at that point, she so this is part that's kind of interesting. And it's one of those things like the movie do, where they have like the this is clearly a packed train, but she's the only one who's up in like the sky window area, which is dope AF. Yeah, I, I want I, to be I, on that train. Yeah, seriously, I was wondering. I was actually wondering about that, and I noticed that the second time I saw the movie is like, why do they have that? And it's for the giraffe. Oh. Uh, okay, yeah. I accept that point. So there's that's like cute. a ledge for yeah. smaller people to stand on, obviously, because right. that's what she's doing. But if you look when she's pulling into the city, there's like a couple giraffes whose heads are poking up. Okay, I enjoy that the movie did that and then gave you that information, yeah, which I exactly. obviously didn't pick up on. Good for them. And that, I'm going to tangent for a second. I, the, the species that I was most concerned about during this entire movie were the fucking giraffe. Okay. Because everything seems like it would be so inconvenient for them. Yeah. So she is up on the sky train and she plays the Shakira song Try Everything Try Everything I totally just blanked on that for a second I'm like I listen to the song a lot because I actually really like this song oh I, lo- I love it it's a it's a good song like, you Latinas are so hot blood <laughs> oh wow <laughs> Remember, Matthew's not the racist. Yeah, I don't see color. We talked about this. <laughs> yeah. So she's playing the song, and they're pulling in, and they're kind of showing the city. It's their it's their music video. Here's what's going on in the city. So she pulls in. Yeah, it goes th- it goes through the the, the areas yeah, of the city. Yeah. So and can, can I cut in here for a second? Sure. So as as listeners, our two listeners from the first episode, all I do is flip out about everything all the time, and like I will flip out about the Hunger Games and how it's basically a ripoff of Battle Royale, and I know that's not groundbreaking opinion, but on that train. I was just like, Hunger Games, it's the Hunger Games, it's the Hunger Games. These are the districts, it's the Hunger Games. Like, like that's all I could see when I was watching it, and I hate that. Oh, wow, that's incredible, because I did not at all get that, but I'm glad that you had that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that you immediately go to terrible violence. Yeah, and you can go ahead and cut that up. I'm not. Okay. I'm... <laughs> Okay, this, okay. This is the podcast of making cut-it jokes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I got, like, four cut-it jokes left. Okay, oh, proceed. Perfect. Yeah, she gets Anyways, so she's going through Zootopia, and I actually really like the sequence. One, I like the song, as I said. Two, it, you know, it shows you what the various areas are like, and, you know, kind of gives you a little bit of the flavor of the city. Like, right. there, she goes through the sand district, and that's essentially Las Vegas. Right. So they have, like, a palm tree, and that's where Gazelle's playing, which, by the way, the character who's a gazelle is named Gazelle, and that's Shakira. Very creative. Yeah. It, I like the idea that she is like the proto gazelle, and all gazelles are based off of her, and she's actually an immortal being. Oh, I've, oh, I've attributed oh, oh, oh. <laughs> exactly. I've attributed deityhood to that character. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, Maybe she she's larger than life. Yeah, just, Hips like, don't she, lie. just like Shakira. Hips yeah. don't lie. And so they go through that, and you see like some camels 
running and like, oh, these are the people who live in the sand district. And then right. it goes immediately into the tundra section, which I'm going to... Tundra town. Yeah, tundra town. I'm going to criticize the planning of the city for a second. Like, you have the hottest district right next to the coldest district. Nailed it. And I was like, <laughs> wow. Because if he goes from there to tundra town to the rainforest, you couldn't have had the rainforest in between the two as kind of like a buffer. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> hey, where should we put this one? I just put it over there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> However, JJ made a good point. My friend JJ, our friend JJ. Right. Where when you're... So something that's interesting about refrigerators mm -hmm. is that the cooling aspect of it has two sides. One of them is cooling, and that's the part that cools your, your fridge right. or your food. Yeah, the radiator. You have to yeah, and then the, air. yeah, and then yeah. the outside is hot. And yeah. that might be what they're doing, where they're cooling this down. And so while one side of the electrical current is cooling one side, the other side is generating heat. That makes... So, yeah, yeah, that actually makes sense. That actually makes sense. So that was good on JJ for that part. Yeah. I would have also just been like... Dumb! Put them... As, <laughs> Move the two extremes yeah. away from each other. Why yeah. do they have to be next to each other? Fair point. There's 12 districts. Why are the two coldest and hottest right next to each other? Are there actually 12 or am I doing the Hunger Games thing again? No. Well, they said that there was more. When in the training, they said that there was a number of districts. I'm attributing 12. Sure. It could be Hunger Games. It's probably Hunger Games. But they said there was 12 districts or some number, but we only ever see four. Right. And we'll talk about that yeah. later. Right. So we only ever see four of the district, and she finally makes it to the center of the city and you know you see all these various animals like oh how do they interact with the city right the hippos come out of the train swimming because hippos swim right right and then they get dried off and I kind of like that water and, horse I didn't right. know that and then the gerbils go through their little gerbil tubes right which I was like that's cute it's not practical like why would a gerbil do that you know that's something that humans have made for gerbils but I like the fact that they're just like gerbils like tubes I guess you, you think they could all just be on the train but they're yeah. not yeah exactly so she's in the city and this is actually what I want to talk about the giraffes they have this scene where they're making someone's making a smoothie she puts it into a vacuum tube and it goes up to where the giraffe is the giraffe has to like drink it right the smoothie but like their neck is so long right so their hands are down here and they have to like lean down to the thing to like drink but then Judy leaves essentially the Grand Central Station and that door isn't big enough for giraffes hmm. they have to from what I remember they would have to like lean down a lot and like the rest of the city is kind of like that where you they're normal sized doors that you'd like as a human looking at the door I'm like I didn't notice originally because they look like human sized doors but those giraffes are going to get super fucked because they have to lean down all the time like that that city is not made for giraffes for all the good it does for making like an all inclusive city it's not made for giraffes I can't wait to read the description of this episode because it's going to be like in this episode Nicholas cares about giraffes a lot <laughs> way far too much <laughs> yeah no I'm yeah. tracking them yo pro tip I don't give a fuck about giraffes wow <laughs> I'm racist against giraffes specious nope okay <laughs> now they're a race I like it Alright. Okay, so so yeah, after she gets in the city, does she go to her crappy apartment first? Yes. Okay, yeah. Yes. So she goes to her crappy apartment. I think that's like a New York joke because it's crappy, mm -hmm. it's like five. I square like feet. I like her landlady who's an armadillo. Her shell is supposed to look like that old woman like sweater. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. So she goes to her crappy apartment and then she shows up to the force and I don't know why this scene Oh, did I mess up again? There's one thing I wanna you went a bit too quickly. There's one part that I love which is 
when she's getting introduced to her apartment, she meets her neighbors next yeah, door. Yeah, and they can hear each other through the walls. Right, and then, but I love the fact that they're, these people are the most self-aware people on the planet. I don't know what species they are. I can't remember. Like llama something? Sure. Or like, I can't remember what they I are. I can't remember either. Right, but because you only see them the one time. And she's like, oh, hi, I'm your neighbor Judy. And they're like, we don't care. By the way, we're allowed. Deal with it. And oh, I, yeah. I feel like that was, if you and I were roommates, that would be us. Yeah, that's true. Like, we're never going to change. Go fuck yourself. Well, and that, yeah, you're right. That was pretty funny because it's kind of like, you know, that kind of hot topic you know, dude. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But they, they totally are self-aware. They know that they're assholes and they are never going to change. Just like us. Yeah. Love it. High five. High five. Okay, so yeah, she shows up to the force, and uh, I don't know why this scene is so funny, but when she tries to give respect knuckles to the rhino, well, she does give respect knuckles to the rhino, and then, like, his, like, because I think I enjoyed this so much, because his sigh was basically how I felt this whole movie. He was like, Ugh. and then he gives her respect knuckles and pushes her over. Yeah. And then, uh, It literally moves the entire chair, which yeah. means that she had to have been tensing up her entire body for that that thing. Rabbits have strong cores. Yes. Definitely. I don't know if that's true. I'm, I'm, yes, they do. I'm not a rabbitologist. I love it. Um, well, that's a new field of study. Yeah. Idris Elba comes in, and I'm trying to use the character names now. What's the name of his character? Is Captain she- Bogo. Yeah, Captain Bogo. Captain Buy One, Get One. Yeah, so Captain Buy One, Get One comes in, and uh, he's tired of their 40-degree days. And he talks about the uh, 12 missing mammals, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then... And uh, 12 is the only number that we have. Yeah. I think there's... I believe there's 13 missing cases. Spooky, Chris. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, so 13 missing mammals. And, and he basically assigns pretty much everybody to that case, right? Except... Mm-hmm. Judy Hopp. Right. Who he makes a glor- um, uh, well, not even a glorified meter mate, just a meter mate, which mm-hmm. I will flip out about later. No, you know what? I'm gonna flip out about it now. Please do. So yeah, so so she's like, you have to write 200 tickets, and she's no, like, no, you have to write 100. Tickets. 100 tickets, and she's like, I'm gonna write 200 before noon, and she does it. And like, I understand why a kid would think it was funny, but as an adult, I was I was just like flipping out because mm-hmm. I'm like, stop, no, yeah. like you're the worst. Yeah. Like waiting by the meter for like the thing to expire and then giving them a ticket, it, it like I was. Just like I was like yeah, I, I was like this is not in and, and that's how I realized well okay I knew it was a kids movie but like that was probably the, the first awareness that I got that like kids movies are for kids because like a kid would be like that's so funny and an adult would be like I hate this character because right. that's what I was feeling yeah, but, exactly. but but the movie wasn't for me and you're right and so the idea is I believe is that she's trying to show or they're trying to show that she will excel no matter oh, what oh I know exactly what they were doing yeah yeah <laughs> the problem is like yeah as an adult be like if I and they actually address that later yeah. moving on people start to act like adults to her for giving tickets like yeah. oh what a real hero you are and yeah. things like that they talk about that later but we can get into that later yeah so yeah so she she does all of her ticket things like that and then during this she's uh, I think she's giving a ticket and she sees the fox go into an ice cream shop elephant yeah elephant and uh, she shop. she unsnaps well I guess she she follows them because she's suspicious so mm-hmm. racism and then she goes in and unsnaps her uh, fox repellent yeah. and then do you want to take over here sure so she is in the ice cream shop with uh, the character who you're going to meet, whose name is Nick Wilde. Yes. He's a fox. A smooth-talking fox. And so, there's this like there's this scene where he's trying to get a jumbo pop for his little kid who all he ever wants to be is a elephant. He loves elephant. all things elephants. Yeah, he loves all things elephants, which seems kind of a, like a weird thing. Yeah. Like, it would be essentially in this, it would be if I, as a kid, was like, I want to be a black guy, right? Is yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, if you follow the kind of the, the species thing, yeah, it would be. Yeah, I'm like, oh man, I just all I love are black people. Yeah. That, so that's that part was a little bit strange to me. Sure. However, so they go through this whole rigmarole of like, I'm not going to sell you this popsicle. Like, we reserve the right to refuse service to anyone, blah, blah, blah. And 
and Judy comes in and defends him, saying like, "Oh, well, that guy is serving without uh, yeah health, health, code health code violation, health code violation." And so he gets his jumbo pop, and the kid walks away, or they they walk away together after like having this brief interaction. The only reason why I am mentioning this brief interaction is because the, the kid is wearing a onesie with a elephant nose on it or trunk. Yes, and it will if you blow into it will make a sound. Can I get a goodbye toot toot? Can I get a goodbye toot toot? Toot toot. I love because don't you I'm, do it. I'm a huge fan of don't do it. No, no. Ah! <laughs> Look at that waveform. So yeah, I love Newt Newt, and when they did the toot toot, I was like, so good. So she, you know, she has a great first day, very positive. She writes the 200 tickets, and she meets and helps out this like, you know, single dad who only wants to do it. it's his kid's birthday, and only wants is a jump and pop, blah 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 blah, and. I can't remember if it was later that day. It's later that day. Cause she's yeah. giving more tickets, and she sees the kid, mm-hmm. and she goes over. Oh, to a little toot toot. Yeah, a little toot toot. And then I think it's like he's pushing. I don't know. He's in the van. No, so she sees him, and she's like, "Oh, a little toot toot on the street." And he puts a bucket under a rain spout. And she's like, "What?" Oh, that's, that's a weird thing for a kid to do. Right? Yeah, because they put the popsicle on the roof. Right. They look up and they see the the jumbo pop, pop, which is an elephant sized popsicle, which is only fifteen dollars. So yeah. that's why they bought it. Right? It's like, that's a weird. Real. Yeah, that's a very good deal. But that's I imagine that's why the elephant didn't want to sell to a non-elephant is the idea, right? So it's like $15 is fair for an elephant. However, it's more than, it's too much popsicle for like a fox. I have a feeling it was just subtle racism. It was also like, right, I, I, understand, <laughs> I understand that it's supposed to be like, oh, I don't want to deal with foxes. Because apparently foxes are like the enemy of everyone in the movie. Everyone fucking hates foxes in this. Elephants could also be mega racist. And that maybe they, won't sell, that, maybe they won't sell to anybody that's yeah. not an elephant. But, uh, but also legit. Basically, it's like, you know, $15 is fair for an elephant, but like, what the fuck is a fox going to do with this popsicle? That fox is going to put it on a roof and let it melt so that he can collect it and then make his own popsicles, which is what he t- does. Yeah. So he has this great, like, he has this great hustle, and they call it a hustle, and I, I love it. That's so right. he buys the popsicle for $15, makes a collection of popsicles out of, when they go back to Tundertown. Tundertown! Tundertown. Represent. Yeah. <laughs> and they he walks, yeah, yeah. walks through the snow, so, and they pour they pour it in and, and make a bunch of small sickles uh. is what they're called. <sighs> So they sell these popsicles to a bunch of gerbil businessmen who are like all are in the line. And then the first person, it, it seems like if one gerbil will do something, the rest of them will. Wait, no, 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 they're lemmings oh. because the bank was Lemming Brothers, which is a joke for Lehman Brothers. And as you know, kids love <laughs> finance jokes. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> I did not notice that. Um, yeah, that so was yeah. like the only thing I noticed. Yeah, oh, it was, they were lemmings because they followed each other and it was cracking Lehman Brothers. Yeah, so yeah, okay. yeah so, they, they eat the popsicles they throw it in the recycle bin which they also which they collect with the, like the sticks yeah. and they give the sticks to a rodent of some kind who's building a structure yes and you know he remarks like oh what's with the weird color and he says they're redwood yeah and so judy's watching the entire time she's like in the background yeah, like, she's oh. following them the whole time yeah. yeah exactly so she judy's watching them and confronts him later like oh you you scammed them and blah 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 and she's like starts railing on him and he has all like the things that he needs like he has like the letter of comment 
e-commerce, boom, boom. And like, he's like, I've been doing this every day since the day I was 12 well, or something. Yeah, yeah something 12. like that. It's like, you can't, you can't hustle, you can't play a player, yeah. right? Yeah. And so they walk away. And right when he gets away, she, that's the beginning of her next day. The next day is her, she has a bad day. Right. It's a terrible day. Like, people start like ragging on her. Like, oh, you're, a re-, that's a part of it. Like, yeah, oh, you're a real, real hero, hero lady. Like, why don't you be a real cop? Blah, blah, blah. Like, why don't you stop an actual crime? And so she is just having this fucking terrible day. And she is going through all these things. She's sitting in, in her car. And I, I kind of like the scene where she's like banging her head. And she goes, I am a real cop. I am a real cop. Bam, bam, bam. This flash goes across the screen like someone's running away. And then they're like, okay, what's going on? And then this like pig comes up and is like, hey, lady. And she, and she does like, sir, if you have a complaint, file with blah, yeah. blah, blah. Because she's obviously had to say that like 300 times today. And he's like, no, are you a real cop or not? She's like, I am a real cop. And he's like, then stop the person who just robbed my fucking flower shop. Yeah. So... She chases after this weasel. It's a weasel. Yes. And they go, they're running, 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 and, you know, the some police officers show up. Some other police officers show up, and they call it in. And she's like, I'll, I'll handle it, blah, 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 essentially leaving her post, and which comes to play later. Goes rogue. Right. And so she is chasing the weasel, and they jump into Rodent Town, or Rodensburg, or whatever, like the Rodent District of Zootopia, and all the buildings are, like, super tiny. Right. And I thought that was kind of cool, right? It's like, it's for mice and, like, the smaller things. And it's like, just don't come in here if you're a big thing because you might step on someone essentially reasonable right but it's also kind of like segregation in a yeah, way. but it's you know make things available for people separate but equal right <laughs> <laughs> So she's chasing him through there and they have this like interesting kind of parkour scene running through that and she's trying to like, he doesn't give a shit about those rodents and she's trying to avoid all of them. And uh, to the point where she, he knocks over a bunch of buildings as if they're dominoes and then she puts them all right back. Right, yeah, she and, stops the domino. Right, which, you know, she's a hero, right? She's a good character. Right. Good person. And so she stops all them and they have this like great chase scene and it ends with him throwing a donut at her, a giant like sign. Yeah, I think it's the Henry's donut right. donut is what it's supposed to be. Yeah. That's what it's supposed to be. And so she saves this one true lady's life. He's like, oh, I love your hair. And that I only bring that up because it's important for later. Yes. And so she saves this one true's life and then catches him with the donut. And then she, you know, boom. Like, the next scene is it's a hard cut to the police station. She, like, throws him into the main lobby of the police station because that's how you treat people. Protocol. That's yeah, protocol. Exactly. Yeah. That's for protocol. Yeah. Like, don't handcuff him or anything. No, yeah. just keep him in that giant fucking donut. Sorry in the donut. Right, exactly. Whatever. And so, you know, I know it's a kid's movie, but that was one of the times where I'm like, come on. Yeah. Uh, it was cute. I shouldn't say come on. It is It is a kid's movie, so that's a great kid's gag. So she's like, yeah, I caught I caught the perp. And then immediately Chief Bogo was like, Hops, my office, now! 40 degree day. Yeah, exactly. So in his office, he is grilling the shit out of her. She left her post. She caused X amount of damage. All for what? A bag of onions, he says. And she is like, trying to correct it, blah, blah, blah. Like, oh, well, they're actually this. Like, I'm from a farm now. And she just, all she wants is to be treated like a real cop. And he's not having any of it, obviously, because he thinks that she's just a token prey. Or, yeah, prey species, right? It's right. the affirmative action, I guess, is the, the reference that they're trying to make there. Subtle racism. Subtle racism. And so he's trying, he's like, you are fired. You're fucking fired. Because you left your post and blah, blah, blah. And he, well, actually, he wasn't about to fire her. He was like, you're, you know, your ass is grass, blah, 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 blah. And then this woman named Emmett Otter shows up. Woman. Or no, the woman. Not yeah. Emmett. Emmett Otter is the... Missing. Yeah. yeah Mrs. Missing. Otterton yes. is looking for her husband, Emmett Otterton. Sorry. And she pushes her way into his office and, you know, he's being like, oh, Mrs. Otterton, I'm so sorry. Like, you know, we're doing all that we can, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, she's like, please, just 
just take this photo, like find my find my Emmett. I don't know where he could possibly have gone. And Judy then butts in and takes the case without her chief saying that she could do that. Well, I think the doesn't the assistant mayor come in and that's like... so, so she Judy says I'll take the case, and then the chief is does one of the you know looks back and it's like he's like like angry face, and then back to Mrs. Otterton, he's like all smiles, right? And then she's like, okay, well you know we'll have our front desk guy who's a token fat guy who's the worst by the who's way who's the worst I, but I kind of love him too <laughs> he'll take care of everything blah 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 so he ushers her out of his office and and that's when he closes the door and he's like you're fucking fired yeah he's like you okay. cannot do that shit gotcha and honestly yeah she couldn't sure and so he then opens the door he's like you're gonna go out there and tell Mrs. Otterton that you misspoke and that you're actually not a part of this police force anymore and then he opens the door and assistant mayor bellwether is there and she basically forces his hand to let her take the case tracking yeah Yeah. and so she takes a case and but he's like he does a deal with her he's like he's like i want to fucking fire you as hard as i've ever wanted to fire anyone so here's the thing since the mayor has agreed to you taking this case of going above my head great chain of command that you're doing there yeah pulling rank yeah exactly (laughs) but no no, she she went above and beyond right it wasn't her fault but she essentially went above his head oh he's fucking upset about that obviously as it would be because chain of command is important yes and so he's like you've got 48 hours to find an otter yeah in this giant ass city right well otherwise you're fired essentially correct or otherwise you have to you have to leave the force voluntarily and so she takes a case and she she gets a case file and the case file has nothing Nothing in it one picture one picture however she sees one thing that's important Nick Wilde who apparently only has one set of clothes well I think she sees his tail after grabbing the fat cop's soda yeah. drinking it all and using the bottle as a magnifying glass which was great yeah. it's a great gag so she sees his tail and I think he's also got a popsicle oh yeah that's he's got one of his popsicles yeah, yeah, yeah. in the picture and right. so it's like wow what, what serendipity that Nick Wilder just happened to be in this picture the last known picture of Emmett Otterton mm-hmm. and so she seeks out our man Nick Wilder yes who I love Jason Bateman yep and so and, she- <laughs> and so she tracks him down and basically gets him to, you know, talk about his life in a way that's, like, kind of incriminating. Yeah, and yeah, so, and because he has all of his permits and stuff, so he's right. basically, you know... He, he thinks he's bulletproof, so he's like, I've been doing this since the day I was 12. I make $200 or 300 or some amount of dollars every day. And so she does a quick math, and he's like, oh, wow, this is incredible. You Tax make, evasion. Yeah, you make all this money, but you file no money. Right. And I'm like, okay, how did a police officer get a federal tax form? But, you know, whatever. As you can. Yeah, exactly. And so she, uh, she basically strong earns strong arms him into helping her out which then reveals one of my favorite things where the fox the toot toot kid from the beginning who's like this little fox he's actually i already knew this he's a fennec fox and fennec fox are like desert foxes okay and they're big they have big ears and they're not at all related to red foxes so he's like oh this is my son like that doesn't play out okay Uh, this is my son but like Clearly, no one knows that there's a difference between foxes, right? Because racism. Sure. And so, uh, he's a fennec fox, and I was like, that's an adult fox. Like, I already kind of knew that. Okay. And so, she strong-arms Nick Wilde, and he was like, you just got hustled. Hustle. And he's got, like, the blackest black voice. Like, you got hustled, son. I, I did really and, enjoy that. Oh, my God. That was so good. And so, you're like, what a great reveal. And then he, like, gets in his van. He's, like, got, like, you know, sunglasses yeah. and everything. He's like, I'm out of here. Peace. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> so he peels away. And so they're, they're, they begin their operation of tracking down Emmett Otterton. Otterton. Yeah. So they start by... All they had was, I think, a witness on the scene who... Yeah, they had... The last person who saw Emmett Otterton before he got picked up was his yoga instructor at the Naturalist Reserve. Right. So they go to the Naturalist Reserve and they have this like amusing interaction with... Uh, this yak named Yaks, who is played by Tommy Chong. Amusing's a word. Yes. Uh, anyway, so he goes and talks to their yoga instructor, and, the yoga, and he's like, "Oh man, elephant!" And he's like acting like he's super high because right. he's Tommy Chong. He's yes. like, "Oh man, these elephants—they've got like the best memory. She'll remember everything, man." Yeah. And so I, that was kind of a fun scene because it's like it does all these slow motion scenes of elephants and other things that are like totally naked, and Judy's just like traumatized, like, <gasps> yeah, 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 yeah. They choose to not wear clothes. Yeah, exactly. But like, there's nothing like sexual about it. Even though it's kind of supposed to be portrayed in it. Yeah. However, it has one of my one of my favorite scenes in it where there is like two elephants playing volleyball against like two gazelles or something, and, and they, they go to they go to serve and just, face. Yeah, just yeah. spike it down. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, fuck yeah, man, all about giraffes. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, fucking poor giraffes. And so they go and talk to the yoga instructor. She doesn't remember anything. Amusingly, the yak remembers everything. Right. But then attributes all of his memory to her because right. he's fucking high out of his head. Which is the joke. Yeah, yeah. 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 He's like, oh man, I wish I had a memory like. Like an elephant. Yeah, yeah, and what yeah. he's he the one who remembered. He had the black pants and the blue shirt. You remember, yeah, right? He's nope. Like, nope. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So they do that. So they get the license plate for the car that he was picked up in. They use that. They go to the Department of License. So she isn't in the system for the police computer system, which is weird. Like, oh, it's your second day on the job. You, you're not in the system. No, yet. that's not weird at all, dude. You know how you know how government works, that, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> it probably takes her four months to get in that system. That, honestly, you're right. That's probably actually, the most real part of this movie. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, you're actually right yeah it's like as a as a tech consultant i'm like well making a user account's not hard but yeah. it's like yeah but it is the government yeah so. correct you're right so they go to since she's on the system they have to go to the dmv and he knows a guy named flash yeah uh flash flash and 40 yard, yard dash 100 yard dash and so they go and talk to him and everyone who runs the dmv is sloth yes and you know they government this, jokes government jokes yeah they have this funny interaction I did hand quotes around funny they have Air this funny quotes. interaction with the sloth who everything is like super slow and Nick is doing his best to like fuck up the entire operation yeah to basically slow it down yeah exactly yeah. so he keeps telling jokes and like interrupting and the sloth is just like like he tells Nick while tells a joke and the sloth's like ha 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 like totally just loving it and, and basically that scene was used as the trailer yeah, yes. Yeah, exactly. And so they uh, they eventually get the the license plate. They track it down to this place in Tundra Town. They go there and they break their way in uh, in Tundra Town with a certain interaction. And then that's when Nick Wilde has a realization that it's Mr. Big's car. Right. Mr. Big being the mafia king in town. It's basically a Godfather joke because if kids love anything, they love Godfather, Godfather jokes. jokes. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and so they get captured by Mr. Big's man. Right. right. Obviously. And so they go to Mr. Big's house and they, you know, you, you're like, oh, she doesn't know who Mr. Big's is and so all these polar bears keep coming in she's like is that mr biggs shut the fuck up it's like oh is that mr biggs and then finally this one polar bear comes in like 
just like looking like he's a monk and then puts down this like little chair and there's a shrew in it and it's Mr. Big. Right. And I, you know, that's a funny joke. Yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, you know, he's, I'm the godfather. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. yeah. And so he's like, he's essentially going to kill them because he's like, uh, Nick Wilde fucked him over at some point, and then Tootie Wilde's a cop in his house, and he's like, fucking kill her, I don't care. So Not they yeah, ice him. Ice him. Yeah, ice him is the best. So they open up a thing, and they're going to drop him into a pool of ice, essentially, or wa- iced water, because they're in Tundra Town. So that will that will kill them. A Tundra a Town! <laughs> Represent. And so they get interrupted by Mr. Big's daughter, who's the same shrew that she that saved she from saved. the donut. Uh, yeah. And then so they're like, oh, you know, she saved my life. Let, you know, blah, blah, blah. And they have like this like well, yeah. heartwarming interaction. They well, become no, like best buds. There was another Godfather joke, which is you can't do it on, on, on the, 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 day, the day of my on wedding. On the day of my daughter's wedding. Yeah. You come to me on the day of my daughter's wedding. Yeah. Sit me for this. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, they get saved by serendipity. And then suddenly he is now 100% on their side. They are, they attend his daughter's wedding. They have like a cake and they eat it. Yeah. And so then they, he tells the story about the fact that Emmett Otterton is his florist and he had something important to tell the shrew apparently. And he sent his chauffeur. So he says, go find my chauffeur. They go and find his chauffeur who is a Black Panther in not a Black Panther as in like a member of the Black Panther movement. Right. Yeah. It's just yeah. a Panther who's yeah. black. I think all Panthers are black. I think, I think a Black Panther is a Jaguar that's black. Well, they're all the same cat, essentially. Yeah, correct. They're all jaguars, but I think and the panther right, has right. to be black. Yeah. This is Guatemala all over again. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, wow, great. Yeah. I guess you're right. I, I suppose, yeah, it's like cougars, panthers, and jaguars are the same. It just depends on where they're Cougars from. not the same. Oh, my God. We're going to have to edit this out. No. <laughs> okay, this stays. Oh, more cut of jokes. No, they are yeah. the same. No, cougars, no. No, jaguars are, are, are South, South American cats, and a panther is a black jaguar. I, I think and a cougar, the same. a cougar is different. I think they're the same. We'll look that up later. We'll look that up later. And, and this states. Yeah, okay. it's definitely the same. Yeah. So anyway, they go and interact with the yeah. chauffeur. Well, and there's the key where, you know, he says, oh, like, somebody attacked him, the uh, Otterton. And he's like, no, Otterton attacked us. Yeah. And so Otterton went crazy, and yeah, they have to go right, find so they, him. Yeah, they discovered that there's something going on with Otterton. Yes. Who, he went crazy and, like, scratched the hell out of uh, that guy's face. Like, he was, like essentially blinded one eye. The panther, yes. The panther, right. And yeah. so they meet the, yeah, that was when they talk to the chauffeur and then they close the door and they hear like this rustling and he, he starts going crazy. Yeah, panther goes bananas. Yeah, he goes savage and then they narrowly, he starts attacking them and they narrowly escape and then they're found by the police and the, you know, the chief of police is like, you're off the case, like your time's up. Yeah. And then, you 48 know, hours, they use some gimmick to talk about. Yeah, so yeah. then Nick Wall's like, well, we technically have 10 hours left. Yeah, wonderful. So, yeah, exactly. So he, you know, kind of, embarrasses the police in, or police chief in front of the other officers. Right. And so he's like, okay, I guess. Yeah. And so they, they go on their way. And then you learn a little bit of uh, backstory about Nick Wilde at this point because they get on a sky tram and he tells a story about how he wanted to join the little rescue rangers or whatever. I yeah, the, Essentially the Boy Scouts. Yes. And so he goes and like his mother saved up enough money to have him go join that and he joins them and everyone seems like they're like yeah cool welcome to the club and then they like gang beat him they like beat the hell out of him so put a, yeah put a muzzle on him yeah and they're like we, we never let a predator like you join us blah 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 and so you have this revelation about Nick Wilde's character where he wants he wanted to be a good guy but society kind of beat him down and he became a bad guy well not a bad guy but yeah, he's a con man right right he became he was living in the margins of society right sure so they have this revelation about 
the traffic co- like the traffic cams cameras yeah right so oh we can find out where that car went using the traffic cams so they they go and they talk to assistant mayor bellwether and she helps them out and you kind of learn a little bit more about like the the relationship between the mayor and the assistant mayor and so she gets them access to the, the cameras and they use that to track down essentially where the car went that was carrying emmett otter uh after he went savage. Which is a dam, I think, yeah, right? Yeah, so they go to the dam, and there's all these wolves out front who are essentially mercenaries. Yes. Right, and they sneak in and discover all of the predators that they've been looking for. Everyone who's went missing were a bunch of predators. Yes. And so they're all crazy savage. They're yes. like They look like animals in the real world. So... You discover at that point that the mayor's involved. He's trying to keep this hush-hush and trying to figure out what's going on with these predators. Because he's a predator himself, and like he says, you know, can you imagine if they found out? Right, yeah. The city. Yeah, exactly. And so they get found out. They're like, oh, someone's here. And so they, they leave, and Judy's recording the entire thing. She gets called by her parents at, like, the most inopportune time, which is actually pretty true because fucking parents will call whenever they want. Yeah, no, that's fine. Do, 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 do. That's my <laughs> terrible iPhone ring. Yep, Great. I don't have an iPhone. Great job. <laughs> <laughs> so they escape the dam. With the information, and they bring the mayor to justice. Yes. The mayor is handcuffed and led away, and he's like, no, I'm trying to protect the city, blah, blah, blah. Like, I was just doing this for everyone. Like, we don't know what's going on. There's a press conference about what's going on, and Judy Hopps is hailed as a hero, so she's given the press conference, and Nick... Is like giving her a pep talk about how to do a press conference. She's like, "Hey, you should be my partner." Because they're buddy cops now. Yeah, now they're buddy yeah. cops. Exactly. Yeah. It's like you should be my partner. And he's like, "Oh, I'm so touched." Blah blah blah. And she cracks under pressure, fucks up, and basically accuses predators of being like savages. Right. They're, they're the ones who are like more predisposed because she heard that from the scientists in the dam. Right. She heard some things. She was basically just repeating that, but she said it in a way that was very insensitive. Hey, kids! Solo racism. Yeah. <laughs> The press conference goes poorly. She essentially accuses predators of being savages. Right. And and Nick picks up on and that. And picks up on that and is like, fuck you. Like, yeah. we're not friends anymore. Yeah. She's devastated by that. She loses yeah. her friend. And then it cuts through this whole, like, montage of riots that are occurring. And, like, these people are like, predators, get out, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, Zootopia's breaking down. Yeah, Zootopia starts to break down. And amusingly, the new mayor, Mayor Bellwether, now now the former assistant mayor, she's now the mayor, uh, wants to make Judy the face of the police station. And Chief Bogo's totally in on it. He's like, oh, wow, you are a great cop. If only I'd ever given you a chance, essentially. Right. And she turns it down. And she quits the force. Which is amusing because that's what her chief Boga wanted in the first place. Right. But she she leaves because she doesn't think that she she all she wanted to do was make Zootopia better, and she made it quantifiably worse. Worse. Yes. Yeah. And so she she leaves the force, and she finds herself back on the farm. Yeah. And so she goes back to the farm, and you know it's kind of basically a a thing about you know settling. She becomes a carrot farmer. She's helping her parents, and you know not very happy. And then uh, Gideon Gray Gray comes yeah. up, and you know basically talks about. Hey, I, I'm I, sorry. I was such a jerk. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I was a jerk when I was a kid. We're de- I was just dealing with some things. I assume an abusive father. Yeah, probably an alcoholism. Love it. I'll drink to that. And uh, <laughs> and basically, you know, the, the key part to this is it shows that she's basically given up, gone back to her home. And when he comes, she's like, "Look at this plant, whatever." And I I, I don't remember what she says, but he says. So it's actually her parents who start that off. So there what it happens? Is. Okay. She's like, "Hey, two of my two hundred kids, come yeah. over here and like." Yeah. Talk to Gideon. They're like, oh, but watch out for the whatever those flowers. Because apparently, when Judy's mom's brother had eaten one, he went fucking bonkers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's the key yeah. part. Yeah. Right. Because yeah, like she calls it whatever, whoever yeah. does, and then Gideon is like, oh, that's a five dollar word. We always just call them night howlers. Right. And and that's kind of the, the information where she says night howlers. What'd you say? Yeah. And so she. 
I think she takes somebody's car. Or it was like, her dad's truck. Yeah, the dad's but truck. The the reason why that's important is because earlier on, right. they assumed Night Howlers, because they heard Emmett Otterton was saying, like, oh, Night Howlers, Night Howlers. And they assumed it was wolves. It was wolves, right, yes. who are animals who howl at night, if that cool. makes sense. Correct. Yeah, and that was actually pretty good. So, yeah, yeah she, she finds out the Night Howlers, you know, that plant, and then the information about the one person going crazy. So she heads back to the city, and what does she do next? She goes back to the city, and she realizes that she, she wants to get back with Nick. Right. Oh, uh, that's right. Okay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so she goes and finds Nick, who's under a bridge, mm-hmm. and she convinces him in kind of a funny way. You know, he's kind of very hobo-y. Part, yeah, very yeah. heartwarming scene where she breaks down and she's like, I'm an idiot. We've we got to set this right. If you go back to hating me after this, that's fine. Right, and but then, she has to fix Zootopia. Yeah, exactly. Correct. Yeah, okay, yeah. So she enlists the help of Nick, and they go talk to the weasel. Yeah. Right? Right. And then where does the weasel send them? So here's really quickly about the weasel. Yeah. Here's the funny part is that he's played by Ellen. Tudyk. Right. And he amusingly was the voice of the Duke of Wesselton in Frozen. Frozen. Let it go. Yeah. Let it go. <laughs> let it go. So he's the voice of the Duke. And in Frozen, there's this running gag where everyone's like, oh, Duke of Weaselton. He's like, it's Wesselton. In this movie, same voice actor, he's playing a guy named Duke Weaselton. And when Judy first comes up and is like, hey, Wesselton, he's like, it's Weaselton. I'm like, what a great running joke for that voice actor. Well, and, you know, kids would actually have seen both movies yeah. as opposed to kids seeing The Godfather. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that one's actually okay. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. So they send... He is convinced via the shrew, Mr. Biggs. Yeah. Uh, so they enlist crime to help solve a crime. We'll talk about that later. All right. To tell him where he was dropping off the flowers that he stole earlier. Right. And it was underground. It was yes. in an abandoned subway yes. station. Yeah, so they go to the abandoned subway, and there's kind of a scene, and they find out, um, I think they're sneaking in kind of similar way, and basically, you know, the guy, I think somebody comes in, and he gets a phone call, and he's like, who do you want me to hit? Whatever, whatever. And he's like, yeah, I can do it. I shot some somebody through the uh, moving, moving car, car. Uh, window yeah. of a moving car and so basically they find these little blue balls mm-hmm. and uh, and these little blue balls are some sort of you know concoction of yeah. the night howler right he, and takes, that, he essentially takes a night howler and makes he takes the essential oil out of it yeah and makes a potent a more potent, potent form of it right yeah and so when you shoot a predator with that it basically turns them savage well i imagine it was if you would shoot anyone with it he's just targeting fair enough predators yeah, you're right yeah. yes yeah so if you shoot an animal with that i guess it it reduces them to kind of a savage Seven, level. Right. Yeah, so she locks them in the car and basically is like, nope, like we're fixing this right now. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a there's a big scene. And the, they, the car, which like shouldn't be able to move, is now like going crazy down the track. Yeah, like, yeah she, she just punches it. Yeah, 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 they're going. They're going. So the, so yeah, they're, and then they end up running through a museum right. after getting, uh, the car crashes because she's trying to get to the police station. Right, as fast as possible. Yeah, because she knows what's going on now. Yeah. So, so I guess somebody is telling this guy to shoot animals with this blue serum, which makes them crazy. Right. He happens to be shooting only predators. They don't know who's pulling the strings. Yes. So they're running. They go through a museum. They end up in a pit, and they find well, out. Well, not yet. Not, not yet. The pit happens later. Okay. So they, they're running through the museum, and they encounter Mayor Bellwether, who right. just happens to be there. What a stroke of luck. Yeah. They're, you know, they're a man on the inside, essentially. And she's like, oh, why don't you give me that case? Because So they during the car or the train ride, whatever... 
they blow up all the evidence. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they burn yeah. it all. Yeah. Except for the case that has the gun in it. Gotcha. Right. And yeah. so she's like, oh, why don't you give me that case? And they're like, oh, well. Why don't wait, I keep the case? Yeah, why, don't, why don't we keep it? Because what are you doing here? How? Yeah. Why are you even here at the museum after you don't, hours? You don't, you don't midnight museum? Yeah, I don't usually. And also she's like surrounded by other sheep who happen to be the guards of the museum or whatever. Maybe her own personal like police force. Sure. So she essentially reveals. They figure out and they reveal that she was one. Yeah, it's a suspicion, I suppose. Right. Yeah, okay. Who's pulling the strings. And so they run away. Okay. And she, like Judy, gets her leg cut on a prop that's standing around, right? They're running through the museum. There's sharp things. And she isn't paying attention. gets cut. And they are trying to evade the sheep and happen to end up in the pit. Okay, yeah. So they end up in a pit, and uh, the mayor, she has to have the, the, the gun at that point. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember how she gets it. But anyways, the ma- the mayor assistant, well, I guess Mayor Bell- Bellwether, ends up with the gun, and she shoots the fox. Yeah, Nick Wilde. Yeah, Nick Wilde with it. And then he goes on this, like, Arr! he yeah. goes crazy and, you know, Acts kill- like kills her. But then you find out he doesn't actually kill her because she kind of... <laughs> she, like, she goes back to the play from the beginning. Yeah, it's a goes, callback. Blood, yeah. Blood. Blood. And it's like, what, what, what? And uh, and basically, she has the balls or took them out, and she put blueberries in in the gun. Mm-hmm. So she shot Nick, the mayor Bellwether shot Nick Wilde with blueberries, right. and so it was all played. Now, the key to this, and this is something that they used earlier, is that they were recording all this on their little recorder pen, yeah. which is actually like a plot device multiple times. I know, I remember, yeah. like, at the very beginning, and then under the bridge, mm-hmm. and then now. So anyways, they have their evidence, and... So the reason the cops show up, and arrest Mayor Bellwether with because they have because the, evidence. the evidence. But the reason why the cops show up is because Mayor Bellwether was the one who called him in. Okay, that's so right. Remember that. They yeah, because Mayor, Bell- the- Mayor Bellwether wanted to make him go nuts, yeah. murder her, call the cops. I was like, oh no, our star officer Judy Hopps. She she even still refers to yeah. Judy Hopps as right. Officer Hopps. Like, Officer, Ho- Officer Hopps is being attacked by a crazy a predator. Wild predator. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. And so she she gets arrested, and then there's this great scene at the end. This is essentially is the end of the movie. And yeah. There's a graduation speech. Judy's giving this graduation speech, and it's for Nick Hop. Nick, yeah. Or Nick Hop. Well, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Nick Wilde has joined the police force. Right. And he, you know, he's all, uh, always cooler than everyone else, right? He's, he's, got, like, too, those, he's too cool for school. Really, he's got yeah. aviators. Yeah, he's got yeah. aviators on during graduation, right? Yeah. And so then they get their first assignment, which, you know, they have this joke like, Everyone gets their assignment, blah, blah, blah. And then, like, those two are meter mates again. Yeah. Like, and then I just elbow, which I, I felt like was, like, not even a B take, was a C take of him going, kidding. Yeah. And I was like, that didn't sound right. To They're me like, hey, 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 uh, Igris, can you just do one take? Yeah, that's great. We'll take that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. So that was a terrible take. But then, so he gives them, he's like, someone's been speeding around, blah, blah, blah. And the last thing, you, thing that you see is them tracking down this guy who's being like a drag racer. And it turns out to be Flash, 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 100 Yard, yard dash. dash. And so they have this like fun joke yeah. at the end. Yes. And then it wraps. It wraps with the music video of Shakira. Shakira. Sorry, which Giselle. Was, yeah, Gazelle, which was just great. Yeah. I love that. I seen, made that movie. I, I did. I mean, obviously, I'm a big fan of trying everything. <laughs> yeah, trying everything. Yeah. Oh, so good. Yes. Okay, so that's the end of the movie. First impressions. Okay, so yeah, so I'll go. So, so my first impressions, uh, I could sum it up with this. <sighs> 
<laughs> so really, the key was, you know, we talked about this. Big Eyed Orphan Animal Adventures are not my thing. I looked this up on IMDb. It's only 90 minutes. And we talked about how I'm a fan of the 90-minute movie. Yeah. I felt it's 90 minutes. If you, like, before I looked it up, if you would have asked me how long is this movie, I would have been like, I don't know, like two hours? Yeah. It's only 90 minutes. That's like, a lot of plot in 90 minutes. It's it, it's just one of those things where it's like, I, it just, it just I, I felt it for some reason the first okay. time. Now, I enjoyed it more the first time than the second time. And I'll, I'll get to that. But, you know, kind of my big takeaways from this. Uh, One, I spilled Coke and whiskey all over myself. Well, yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, you ruined you ruined 10 Cloverfield Lane for me. Yeah. I'm just kidding. I like that. And yeah, we saw this as a, as a double feature, which I think is actually pretty interesting. because fun. Because I was really looking forward to 10 Cloverfield Lane. And because, I was really looking forward to Zootopia. Because I'm an adult who's not an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 I felt its length. I basically flipped my lid over the meter maid because I understand why kids would find that funny and I found it annoying. The questionable police work as in like like are there no wiretapping laws in Zootopia? Yeah, I guess I know. not. Yeah, apparently not. Um, That's the thing that I, I did want to bring up. Was like I even with my first screening, I was like, you are an officer. There's a difference between law, uh, parking enforcement officers and yeah. actual officers. Well, and there's a point where she's like she's like, can you jump in there? And he's like, you can't come in here. You're like you're a cop. And she's like, not if I have questionable cause. That's entrapment. Yeah. No kids know about entrapment. <laughs> <laughs> so and that's the thing is is that you know it's like I think that this movie wanted to have fun for the kids and fun for the parents because mm-hmm. you don't have godfather jokes if you don't want to have fun for the parents right but I feel like any good parent would just be flipping out about wiretapping laws and entrapment but probably not also I don't have kids so yeah. I don't know yeah exactly <laughs> I think most people will just be like oh well, that was a fun movie right they would like they the jokes are for adults they would take like the Tommy Chong jokes and the, the nudist colony jokes are for adults right correct and there's some funny parts there for kids but yeah. those are definitely like the more adults giving jokes right, right. and so and, yeah I but most people will just be like anything like the entrapment and all that unless you're us who are like maniacs right that would just fly over most people's heads They'd what? Be like what an easy plot device for this character fine it, it plays let's go and i've been on the other part of that where like there's movies i loved as a kid and i watched them and then i watched them as an adult and i was like oh my gosh <laughs> i was like that's terrible <laughs> oh my gosh yeah that's an inside joke but uh, okay so other stuff uh there's 12 districts in utopia however many there are and we only saw three of them yeah which to me Four. was basically like okay i was like city okay. center desert rainforest and town. Town. i don't know why i love it um so when i was watching that i was like well guess we got three more of these coming because that's basically where i thought they were going yeah so you know overall it's like i actually enjoyed it the first time because i did not know what was happening mm-hmm. i enjoyed it more the first time right because uh, i didn't really know what was happening but overall my impressions for the first screening were <sighs> yeah okay and that's fair and i i actually had a lot of fun with this movie the first time i saw it i thought this was an awesome movie because we we went like i said a double screening we watched this and then 10 cloverfield lane and just going into watching this movie i loved liked everything about this movie when I first saw it. Like, the characters are great. I felt the the CGI is beautiful. This is, like, we just watched Gravity yes. as the last episode, and this puts Gravity to shame. No. Yes. No. You, Anybody you, can wait, make wait. an animated movie. Did you see how well animated the fur was on every single character? That was incredible. Well, okay, but here's the thing, though. This is why gravity is way better visually because blending real life and animation and making it look like real life really really hard making 100% animation nowadays look is a toy story was revolutionary right. but nowadays I don't think I mean I don't think it's that hard right but I mean I would say 
Think about Toy Story in your head. Sure. It you've got this idea like the rose colored glasses, like how great Toy Story looked. But no, then, no, no. like go flash forward to like Zootopia, like like as a person who watches a lot of animation, Zootopia is groundbreaking in like the the amount of detail in every single one of those characters. There, I'm I'm not kidding. Hair and fur is one of the hardest things to accurately just like make in CGI. Sure, and they did such a good job. I guess. Yeah. I I loved it. So like yeah. as a fan of animations, I'm like, holy shit, it blew me away. Okay. The scenes were beautiful. Everything was great. It looked real enough, and obviously not real, real. Right. Like, you know, no one's got eyes who are a half of the size of their head. Right. right. That's right, not right, how right. you know. Yeah. That works. They're still making a movie. Right. Exactly. And so, but it looked beautiful. I was just blown away. Everyone in it, I like. Even like those the throwaway characters, like the fat leopard at the beginning. Right. Or at the, the who the police station. Cop movie tropes. Yeah, right. Yeah. Who turns out to become like best friends with the chief because they both like gazelle. Yeah. The only apparent he has singer. like a gazelle app. Gazelle yeah. makes him dance like. He's like, look at yeah. it, it's me, I'm dancing. Yeah. <laughs> like, I love that guy. Yeah, fat dumb cop at the desk. The fat <laughs> donut in his like neck, fat. I was like, oh god. I didn't think about fat people, Hollywood. Yeah. So that I was like, that, obviously it's got its issues. It's a kids movie, blah blah blah. But I was blown away with, because I wasn't expecting anything out of this movie. I, I walked in with like the trailer. The one I saw was with fucking uh, Flash. Because that because it's the funniest scene in the movie. I don't Which think is, so. Okay. However. I will say this. The reason why I don't think that is the case is because we saw together. Yes. And you you laughed so much at this movie that it made me laugh. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that you like don't like it is so incredible to me because like you were ecstatic with laughter throughout okay. this entire movie when right. we watched it together. Yeah. And like it made me laugh a lot. Like the the scene where like the respect knuckles and like she pounded and they pushed her away with that the chair. Hilarious. That's hilarious. That hilarious. But like I would have been like, haha, that's a funny joke. But like you were just like <laughs> Yeah and then that made me laugh my off. So I actually really liked watching this the first time with you because yeah. I, I maybe this is something about you and maybe it's a detriment to me. It's like you are quicker to laugh. Yes. And that's not a bad thing. It's like, oh, what a simpleton. That's not what I'm trying to say. It's like, it's awesome that you're able to laugh at things. It's, it's, me, my, it's my optimism. Yeah. I, look, I look for the best. So yeah, exactly. if I can find something funny that I'm going to make it really funny. Right. And so yeah. I really enjoyed watching this with you. And so I, I really like the plot. The fact that it was about essentially racism and stereotyping in a kid's movie and actually addresses it in a very respectful way and but it doles out aspects of racism in real human society to various animals in it right, right. so there's all like she Judy Hobbs at one point says the, the leopard at the front is like oh only bunnies can call other bunnies cute right it's like how you shouldn't say nigga yeah right if you're a white that's, guy which yeah, works yeah. I totally just did but like you shouldn't say that like that's not a word that we should use right Right. and, and that's another adult thing which is like I don't think a kid would understand that subtext right I mean, Adult obviously would. Adult obviously would. So they have that. But then they also have another one, which is like, oh, you should, like, don't ever touch a sheep's fur. fur or, or her I police. was going to make how he basically sexually, her like, assaulted her. her. <laughs> <laughs> he touched her without her consent. Yeah. But she, like, totally didn't notice or yeah. didn't care. Yeah. Maybe, uh, that yeah. maybe says something about Ooh. Bellwether. Yeah. I did like the fact that they named her Bellwether. Because if you don't know, a Bellwether is the leader of a flock of sheep. Okay. So that kind of, it's foreshadowing for a... Um. Um, her essentially like she leads this like cabal of sheep who are trying to take over the city. My lack of sheep knowledge gets me again. Uh, 
<laughs> How did you not know that? Yeah, maybe you just had so much previous knowledge about animals before this movie that you were able to take more away. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That, might, that might be the case. So anyway, I very much enjoyed the first time I walked out. I was like, I was blown away. And then we went and saw that terrible trash movie, Ten Clover Fieldland. <laughs> yeah, there was, there, there, that's basically, uh, yeah, in case anybody was curious about where we stand on the double feature, I think we've covered it. Yeah, no, yeah. so, okay, tangent on the review. I actually very much enjoyed Ten Clover Fieldland. Sure. It just didn't have much plot to it. Like, Zootopia was 90 minutes, like I said, and had a lot of plot. There was a lot of things that happened in the movie. Like, nothing happens in Ten Cloverfield Lane. I, I I know that we disagree on movie styles, and I think that, I think I feel like you might be confusing events with plot. Because there's a ton of plot in Ten Cloverfield Lane, but there's not a lot of events. Oh, I maybe, I guess. <laughs> but, I mean, there's a lot of plot to this as well. A lot of things happen. There's a decent, okay, I yield the point. Yeah, there's okay. a lot of plot. However, oh, yeah, a lot of this yeah. plot also has a lot of events. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah I will agree with that. Yeah. And maybe we'll have to like talk about that another time. Yeah. But anyway, uh, Ten Cloverfield Lane, yeah. good movie. Go see it. Number but that's one, not, that's number one best movie ever made. I don't agree with that. Not even remotely. <laughs> <laughs> John Goodman, oh my god. Yeah, he should, yeah. Best supporting actor. Yeah. Best actor. You yeah. should just get the best actor award. I agree. That was fantastic. That was amazing. Anyway, so. Second screening. Second screening. The name of the podcast. Yeah. So what what were your impressions the second time you saw it on Friday? Yeah. Okay. So you were right. I did. I, I did enjoy it the first time. I laughed. Optimism. The second time I enjoyed it less. And it's because I knew what was going to happen. And, and it was the thing where it's like, okay, the first time I, I, I laughed, I enjoyed it. You know, I, I'm, I'm not a kid. And, and, and this isn't the movie's fault. It's just like there was, a, you know, I, I think you're right that it did address racism in a very subtle and probably good way for kids but as an adult I was like got it thanks yep yeah. there it is mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yep yep yeah, there it is right got it home. yeah and in uh, the second time because I knew exactly what was going to happen it felt like a chore and that's why I was just because uh, I was like I have to watch this because I said I would mm-hmm. um, you know the first time it's like I didn't know what was going to happen so at least I had that going for me and the second screening that was removed and so basically the second screening was this, this kids movie beating me over the skull I, I already knew what was going to happen so that any enjoyment was kind of removed mm-hmm. and, and that's kind of how I felt the second screening yeah no I, I I will say this and this might shock you I cooled down on this movie really hard the second time I watched it much for the same reason that you were describing when we went in to see the movie I was amazed by all the like the new things that it presented but a lot of the impact of this movie comes from what I will describe as shock value sure you're I'm like shocked by how beautiful this movie is and shocked by the undertones of racism and and how that applies to the real world. And that's great the first time. But the second time is kind of like, yeah, I get it. Cool. And so I, I, I liked it a lot. I thought that I would like it just as much the second time, but I ended up not. Like I like I still like the movie, but I'll never I don't think that I'm going to go back and revisit Zootopia again, except for maybe like maybe a few years down the line. Right. Whereas before I'm like, this is this is one of my rotation movies now. Like this is gonna be up there in the few movies that I see on rotation. See, that, and that, I, I totally don't feel that way anymore. That is so interesting because, like, I thought you were going to come here and be like, I loved it even more the second time. And I thought we were going to physically fight. And no. the, the podcast was just going to be a recording and it was going to be Exhibit A in my murder trial. Yeah. And that's, <laughs> that's so interesting that, uh, no, that no. yeah, fair enough. Yeah. So I, and that's, uh, that's kind of the point of the podcast, right? Is yeah. It, 
your opinions change over time. And yeah. The first time I saw it, I totally bought the the shock value they're presenting, and the second time it was just like it didn't have as much substance as I remembered it having the first time. That, that's so interesting that we both have kind of a downward slope, like mm-hmm. at the same slope, but our our y axis point is different. Yeah, like yeah, basically, exactly. like you started out super high, and I just kind of started out less. Yeah. Well, and amusingly, you, you kind of had the same reaction I did with gravity. Yeah. 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 yeah that's true. Like you hated it the first time, and then you. Yeah, yeah, I was like, yeah, 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 I doubled down on my hatred. (laughs) No, and yeah, you you bring up a good point, which is, you know, if you think about movies that just have replay value that you've seen hundreds of times for whatever reason, Mm -hmm. Terminator 2, Dread, Aliens, Predator, okay, I guess we're figuring out what kind of genre. Wow, great. I love, yeah. Uh, You know, but yeah, things have replay value, and I think you're right that Zootopia, I I think it's probably a great kids movie. I just, yeah, the, the replay value is just probably not there. Yeah, I agree. However, it did have... An awesome song that came out. Oh, 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 I love it. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah. So yeah, no, I uh, I didn't like it as much the second time. I still like it. Yeah, no. I, I, I recommend it highly to people, and I know that you do not feel the same, but I'll be like, hey, someone's on the fence about going to see Zootopia. Go see Zootopia. I think it's a good movie. I, I will... I think I, it's an enjoyable movie. Let me put it that way. And that was the thing about 10 Cloverfield that I wanted... Going back to that really quickly, because we had this discussion earlier in real life, is that I think that 10 Cloverfield Lane is a better movie. Right, yeah, that's right. right. Yeah. It is a better movie, however... I enjoyed the experience of Zootopia more. Which you're allowed to do. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and you know, yeah, <laughs> Thank God. Ooh. No, okay. Not just you. In general. Right. You're allowed to like bad movies. It, you're allowed to enjoy anything you want. I'm not saying... Yeah. Zootopia, I think Zootopia is a good movie. I think it's a good kids movie. Mm-hmm. It's just not for me. And I, it probably had, as you pointed out, does not the best replay value. But yeah, you're totally allowed to say that I enjoy something. Right. Yeah, Anybody exactly. Yeah. yeah. Our internet listeners. Cool. So yeah, Zootopia was a, a pretty good movie. I, yeah. I, I liked it. I recommend it, but maybe don't watch it twice in a month. Yeah, I, 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 I would say that, yes, it was a, a good decision movie. Definitely worth one watch, and I'm so sorry for all the parents that will have to watch it hundreds and, and hundreds, hundreds of times. times. Yeah, yeah, exactly. However, it is nice to look at, so, you know, you can take that away. It is a beautiful-looking movie. And I will, going back for, to our last episode, this is a better movie than Gravity. Whoa! <laughs> yeah. Bold! One, 100%. Bold. God damn, nothing fucking happened in Gravity, and a lot of things happened in this fucking movie, and this movie had more things that were actually human than fucking Gravity did. So, I actually am bringing this up because of the joke you made where the guy who doesn't like simple movies yeah, wants yeah. us to watch a wide-eyed orphan animal big, movie. Yeah, big-eyed orphan but animal this, adventure. this movie was surprising in the fact that it had a lot to say about society. Hey, and kids, subtle racism. Right, but it, it had at least something to say that was actually human, whereas, like, with Gravity, it was like, like, hey, these fucking nerdy scientists, right? Uh-huh. I will I will absolutely say that that it did address subtle racism for kids, which is good. And I it did not do it in a baby way. Mm-hmm. And I, I will give you that. Absolutely. Right. So this is a better movie than gravity. Yeah, it's but not it's not, it's not pre- hard it's, to it's not hard to be better than zero. It's not precious based on the novel push by Sapphire. I've not seen it. Yeah. So, all right. So, uh, I guess that's pretty much it, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So, for our next movie. We're going to see a movie. Now, we're going to change things up a little bit. Are we? Yeah, because I've actually already seen this movie. That's right. Yeah. So, yes. we're going to pull a fountain, but not quite because I've only seen the movie once. So yeah. And the movie. My, my, second, my first screening of this movie has already been accomplished. So, now we have a second screening that I need to do. Yes. You have two I have two screenings I need to do uh, for the uh, the movie uh, Neuromancer. Mm-hmm. Is that, a, is that a book? Yeah, that's totally a book. Oh, 
Okay, I, guess uh, I was like, huh? Okay, well, I guess we're doing Snow Crash. Oh, dude, Snow Crash, yeah. Okay, no. as, uh, as my cohort pointed out, uh, Neuromancer's a book, so I guess we're going to have to do It Follows. Yes, It Follows, the movie set in what time period Detroit? About question marks? I'm going to be honest, I'm just going to watch RoboCop. Wow, all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so join us next time for It Follows on the Second Screening Podcast. Second Screening Podcast. Can I get a goodbye toot toot? <sighs> toot toot.